Calling all overwhelmed coaching and service-based entrepreneurs. Are you struggling with working in and on all the things when it comes to your business? Delegating projects to your team, struggling with apps, tools, and programs that are supposed to make you feel more productive? You are not alone. We have created this podcast for you. Tune in each week to hear how you can create structure within your business, learn when it's time to hire a team, and be the fly on the wall for the episodes when we talk with other entrepreneurs who were in this same situation, but worked through it with the help of a team. Welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Business Managers Podcast. We are excited for our next guest. Today, we have our new friend, Aaron Bradford, or Bradford, if depending on which part of the country you're from. She is here to talk about all things branding. She believes a brand is a tool that should be working for your business, not just a creative exercise. As a brand strategist, Erin helps business owners get clear and communicate with confidence about how they want to show up for their audience. Her experience speaks to her insatiable curiosity and spans a wide spectrum of industries, including real estate development, B2B software, nonprofit NGO, craft beers, spirits, mm, and creative and professional services. Today, she is focused on helping experts and consultants define and amplify standout messages so that they can build relationships faster, attract great clients, and make smarter marketing decisions. Erin lives in Richmond, Virginia with her handsome husband and three beastie children. Erin, welcome. That's me. Yep. (laughs) Yep, the beast hands. Welcome to the crazy show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. This is so fun. See, it's the show tunes are coming it's out the already. Show tunes. I have jazz <laughs> hands already. If you want to write a jingle, I'm in. Right? We were just yeah. talking about our greatest hits album that may come out at some point of jingles. And it might have to be a double album with some of Aaron's creations It'll as well. It'll be a collab. Yeah. <laughs> top Big tunes. time. A jam Big session, time. if you will. <laughs> so let's jump into it. Tell us. I know I just told everybody, but. Sort of who you work with, who's your ideal client, and how you help the peeps. Yes. So I am helping consultants who are experts. You know, they know their stuff. They probably left corporate or they've left, you know, legislative, you know, government positions or someplace where they were really a specialist and now they're doing it on their own. And they need to know how to then actually market and sell themselves. A lot of times you, know how to do that. Well, you don't have to know how to do that because you're in a company. And so then you leave that company and you're like, oh shit, I don't have a, I don't have a marketing team. Now I have right. to be that. Right. And so I get to step in and say, Hey, let's make a plan. Let's get your message right and figure out what you want to do and who you want to do it for so that we can communicate to them and connect our message to their need. That's awesome because that's the fun part, I think, right. You get to play. I think so too. I think when people think about brand, it immediately brings up all these esoteric, very heavy, heady things. And trust me, I get super heady, but it's part of the process because we've got to diverge and bring out all the stuff, put all your stuff on the table and then converge or come together and distill it to what matters most in that moment for that customer on that marketing channel. Like these, then you start to get really specific and narrow 
so that we're not saying everything all at once and overwhelming Mm. them and causing confusion. Yeah. Which can happen easily. Easily. Because what is it they say? A confused mind doesn't buy. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And what I find is, you know, especially when we're specialists, we know what we do so well. And I, this happens to me all the time. We already talked about this a little bit. Uh, We are very close and very passionate about the thing that we do. And we know all the things we can do. And we know all the things the client could do if only they had our expertise Mm. as well. Mm. And so we try to talk about all of those things. Yes. And it's super overwhelming for everybody involved. And then we hear that as a, as a consumer, you hear that as noise, as a client, you hear that as noise and you're like, but you just, nope, gone. I'm t- shutting it off. I just, I need the answer. Not all of that, whatever's yes. happening over there. It's true though. And I think it's easy to do is just to like fire hose people with absolutely everything. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, especially the more complex your offer is. And often when you have a complex offer, you have a couple of audiences. Mm -hmm. And so then you're trying to reconcile. And this is where brand comes into play and is really helpful is who are you, who you are and how you show up, regardless of which audience you're talking to. It should be the same. That's the foundation. And even if you only have one audience, you want to consistently show up the same, I want to bring my same tone of voice, my same values. I want to give you a taste of what it might be like to work with me. And that shouldn't change no matter what the product is that I'm offering or the tactic that I'm using to communicate that message to you. We can talk about copy until the cows come home. And generally everyone does because it's, it's Mm -hmm. important, but this is like the step before it. This is like, let's figure out all this shit before you even start typing in social mediaing. Exactly. Exactly. And that's because the end result, the thing you want to say, or what I want to say and how I say it are two different things. So when we're doing that brand mar- uh, messaging foundation work, what we're talking about is what is it that you need to communicate and why, like who should care <laughs> and, <laughs> and why should they care? What makes anyone believe that you are the right fit to solve this problem? That's strategy. And then how we communicate it, you know, in terms of which words we choose to wordsmith and play with and, and bring it to life, that's copy. And it's a really important discipline and it's really, really helpful, but there's a lot of work that can go into making it, to making it clear before you ever start putting pen to paper or writing a headline for your website, for example. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you suggest that people do when they're starting to think about their brand messaging? Yeah, great question. So we always start with the foundation of of purpose and values because those are the things that are not going to go away no matter what you're selling. That's who you are and how you're showing up. And what is really interesting is when we we quickly move from values in the conversation to point of view. So back to that idea of you're an expert in this space, you've been doing it for a while, you have a point of view of either the right way to do a thing or things that in our industry that are garbage that I want to do differently or people who really aren't ready for this kind of work. Like I have points of view because I've been doing it so long. And those places between the values and your POV, right? Those are awesome areas for content. And they're always going to come back to that same foundation, like how I think and what I believe and what I value. That's my brand foundation when you're a service provider. Mm -hmm. So no matter what we're talking about, if we're infusing it 
in that way, or we're telling stories and we're coming back to those ideas, you're giving your audience a taste of what it's like to work with you, be with you, how you think, and what they can expect from even the emotional relationship that you have to offer. And people can have the same values as you, you. but yeah, that everyone's points of view is probably going to be a little different, right? That's right. And even how they approach it. I mean, we were on a call. I was on my brand jam, which we'll talk about later, but I was on my brand jam yesterday and, you know, there are multiple designers or multiple accountants Mm -hmm. who will show up to something like that, but they don't take the same approach. They don't have the same ideal client and they don't have the same personality. So if I want to work with somebody who's going to be like real rigid and on me because that's what I need, like an accountant to be like, give me your stuff, then I might want to be, I would be attracted to that kind of personality. If I need someone who's just going to like, let me do it on my own, I'll be attracted to the person I perceive as more laid back. This is how we create this attraction between ourselves and our clients by showing up as ourselves so that they know what they're getting into. I love how you did this. So that day, I mean, that's, that's what we're always taught, right? Try to figure that out. So that day. That's right. That is yeah. one of those key phrases. Yeah. Where if we're not using it every single time you sit down to write anything, you are not being strategic. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like it just, it's just throwing stuff out there. And so it's a great self-check to say, have I made this point uh, valuable by being clear about what the outcome is for them? I really like that. I mean, I think people don't do that enough. Clarity is key. Transparency is key in brand messaging. 100% clarity. Clarity is like the word that I should tattoo across my forehead, because if that's, if there's one thing I can deliver, I know it's that. And it comes from that deep parsing. People think you get there really fast and you don't, you just don't. There are a lot of things that we put in our own way as consultants. I'm a consultant selling to other consultants. There's plenty of things that get in the way there. If you ask a service provider, what kind of client do you want to work with? The first thing in my experience, everyone says is ones that want to pay, ones that value my work, ones that understand why this is important. Yep, that is true. Absolutely. No one is there when you meet them. That's not what they want from you. <laughs> like they want a thing from you to take a barrier out of the way. And so how do we find great paying clients? You know, we can't build a strategy on I want clients who pay and value my time. Why not? I know you build this strategy on, I do this kind of work for, for customers or for, for consultants that show up and are ready to get down to work and are ready to go deep. Right. And the reason you want to go deep is because it sets the foundation, not just for your copy, but for every business decision you're going to make for the next two Mm. years. Mm. Right. So if you're ready to get, make every part of your business a little bit easier, let's have a conversation. You know, that's a very different proposition from just saying like, do you value branding? N- no, probably not. Because no. <laughs> why people don't even think about branding when they think about their business, typically, unless they're really like deep in, deep oh. in, right? Yeah. Branding woke. Yeah. Yeah. Br- <laughs> That's so funny. I think it just sounds, it's just hard to understand. Well, what's brand versus marketing or yeah. what is a brand message versus copywriting? You know, again, I'm in the industry, so I have to be really careful to make it as clear as possible myself, yeah. right? And say, mm. if you know why you're saying a thing, like you know what outcome you want to happen and you know what it is that matters most to that audience member, then you're ready for copy. 
if you're sitting down to your computer every single day and saying like, why do I even exist? What do I believe in? Or like, <laughs> why is this so hard? Or, you know, rewriting your bio every time you put a pitch together, copywriting is not the stage you're at. There's some foundational stuff that you want to commit and decide on. Yeah. And then everything gets easier. To me, it seems like once you commit to the brand messaging, things are going to be less emotionally and physically exhausting because you know who you are as a business. Well said. You just said all of the things I should have said in way fewer words. That was well said. (laughs) It was just like a huge light bulb moment for me, though. Thank you, Erin. Well, you're welcome. I'm so glad. (laughs) I... I think the anal- one of the analogies I've been using, I'm testing on you guys. One of the analogies I've been using is business owners, we're running, right? We're running and we think everyone knows how to run. And now we're in a marathon. So like, I know how to run, so I could probably run a marathon. Mm. And so we start running a marathon and then we break all of our bones and our ankles, Oof. right? Ouch. <laughs> because even though I know how to run, I know how to pick up my shoe. Like, I know I need shoes. I know I need time. I know I need... I need to drink water. I do not know how to run a marathon. I need a trainer. Mm. I need someone who knows the ins and outs and understands how the pieces connect and can look at my whole goal, look at the course and say, here are the things that we're going to do to get you there. That's what the strategy portion is. It's that trainer that's coming along and say, you have a great product. You have a great offer. You're a great human being. You're very, very smart. What is it that's going to plot your exact course? So you don't have to make all these decisions as you're going. Mm. That was a good analogy. It really was. And getting timely because, you know, springtime around here, Boston Marathon, this is very timely for our, you know, our listeners that are, that like to run. That was a very good, I liked that analogy. Well, thank you. It's so unfair. It's so unfair. Thank you. (laughs) Bravo. Wait, that was a terrible... Don't you cut that one? Texas twang in there a little bit, but it was also very um, much like Kelly speaks, even though she doesn't (laughs) think she has a Boston accent. Whatever. (laughs) I love the Boston accent. Side note: We were talking about this the other day. I have, I grew up in the suburbs. Melissa grew up in the city-ish, the outskirts of Boston. She barely has a Boston accent. For some reason, I sound like I'm from South Boston or Southie or something. I don't know. <laughs> I blame Very your strange. parents. Don't we blame our parents? It's not what Let's do that. But the yeah. funny thing is, is both of our, like my parent, my dad grew up in South Boston. Her mother grew up in East Boston. And I stayed like within five miles of the city, like until I was 12. Kelly grew up like 30 miles from the city. And she has like a legit Boston accent where I, Mine is barely recognizable unless I'm exhausted, but hers uh, is always on. I want to unpack the identity things happening I there, know. but we, we right. won't do it. That's another show. That's, That's another, another show. <laughs> yeah. So let's back it up a second because we, did, we, we, beep, we didn't even get into like, <laughs> how did you land on this? What pointed you in this direction that you were like, yes. Yes. Thank you. That. Wonderful. I have been a marketer forever. My first job out of college after waiting tables, of course, and bartending, bartending was to work for a company that was doing real estate development and be like the person who does all the things, every advertisement, every communication, every client, customer, whatever. And so that kind of started me on the marketing trajectory. And then 
I was working places and getting to this point where I was at a particular company and it felt like decision-making was really hard. We, as a sales team, as a marketing team, were having a really hard time, like knowing which way to go on kind of tough decisions. And to me, that just started to unravel and unpack. And I said, well, who are we? Like, what do we want to even be known for in this industry, in this space? What do our customers love about us? And are we living up to that expectation or are we not? As a marketer started to unpack that brand just sort of kept coming up in terms of the discipline of understanding who you are and why it matters and why anyone should care and the principles that will guide decision-making internally as a culture and externally when it comes to product development and other things. So once I kind of latched onto that and I realized that the brand part is where we have an opportunity to have a heart and be humans and have emotions and recognize the humanity of the people we're selling to. I have not been able to let go of the branding (laughs) portion of what I do. And so now I really zero in as a strategist. I'm not a designer. And so I came in and kind of do the interpreting work. It's that interpretation piece between what does the business need and what can the creative team, what does the creative team need to understand and making sure that those two sides are talking to each other. And that's in an agency, that's what my role would be as a strategist. Yeah. And so now I sort of take that piece and do it just that little sliver and do that for individuals to create a stronger foundation for their businesses. And then as they're investing in the next thing, marketing or sales or whatever it needs to be for them, they're starting from the right place. Mm. Or I should say a stronger place. Yes. Which is very helpful. I think so. Yes. I, I, as I said, the light bulb moment today. A lot of my partners are the creative houses. So it's like people who are either running small agencies or they themselves are designers or writers. And so I'll come in to be that liaison as well to make it just, it's just easier to be letting that copywriter or designer focus on their craft. A lot of designers and copywriters are strategic but they're not looking at your business as a whole. They have a very specific end goal in mind where brand is saying, I mean, in brand, we talk about creative, but also operational decision-making and then your business strategy, who your customers are, where your money's coming from, how are we going to get it? You know, how are we floating this boat? Mm. All of that touches is touched by your brand decision in my framework. Mm. Consumers expect it now. I mean, just think about what's, happening in this world right now with Ukraine, I'm going to bring it down for a second, but all these brands yep. have been, their feet have been held to the fire to GTFO of, of Russia or face <laughs> consequences. So is, is it aligned with their brand to continue to be in there or does it make sense to, you know, take a step back? And I feel like as a consumer, we expect brands to believe in something and stand for something. And it's gone are the days where you just need to, like you said, just make, go make the money and don't worry about what, what people are thinking about. Yeah. Increasingly we give brand, we personify businesses, right. And we Mm -hmm. personify the brand. And this all comes back to having so many choices because we can choose who we spend our money with. Mm -hmm. And that's where the pressure comes from. And in the end, If a brand decides to make a decision to, we'll use that example you're talking about, to pull out or not to pull out, in the end, it's them defending why, back Mm -hmm. to why, and Mm -hmm. what the consequence of that decision is and understanding that there is a consequence. So they've made a strategic decision 
according to how they want to show up. And then we, the consumer, are left with the opportunity to choose. So what we expect is to have that chance for transparency and opportunity mm. to hear from that company and let their actions determine what, what we believe about them. This is mm. all about expectation setting. It is. And, you know, I have this conversation with my mother because she's a Diet Coke fan, but Diet Coke <laughs> sponsors somebody that she doesn't like. And so she's like, I'm not drinking Diet Coke anymore. Well, you know, that's a choice, right? I don't know that back in like when we were kids that people really put a face to who was sponsoring what and who paid what to who and who supported who, but now it's a, a thing. You know, yeah. And there's really a big cool. group of people who are interested in it not being. And there's a group of people who are very mm-hmm. interested in that movement continuing. Right. Because mm-hmm. we do. We're just recognizing that we have cons- their power and consequences. And so mm-hmm. where I put my money gives me or the company I'm giving it to power. And so yeah. am I crazy? You know, I know. Yes. I know it gets big really, really fast. And yeah. I think that even this conversation puts a lot of pressure on our clients. Because Mm -hmm. the truth is they're not the Coca-Colas of the world having to make that kind of decision. And so as soon as we say brand, a lot of them are thinking like, oh, I don't I don't want to talk about about my family and about everything that I love or I don't love. I don't want to get political. Like, isn't that is that brand building? Well, it's all to a scale. Right. But what people do want to know from you is what do you value? What do you believe in? How are you going to show up? Because again, we talked about that earlier. If there's not alignment there, I don't want to spend my $5,000, exactly. $10,000, $20,000 with you. I'm going to go find a consultancy that is aligned because mm-hmm. I have that choice. And so it does matter at that level to still share who you are and why you do what you do, even if it isn't like tied to some huge cause or, yeah, you know, political movement or whatever. Right. It's wild. We did, we did have a client that we signed and she went on Kelly's Facebook page and saw something she didn't like. And then she's like, I don't think this is going to work out. And it was surprising because I don't put anything on my Facebook. And I think I must've written, I talked to someone about it and they were like, well, it could have been implied. You might not have written something and it worked. I mean, it was fine. And it's like, at, at first I was like, well, that's stupid. But then I was like, well, that's probably something that everybody does, myself included, whether it's conscious or unconscious. Do I want to give my money to someone that I don't align with? And I don't know. I always think I'm pretty laid back, but I guess maybe I'm <laughs> maybe I'm not. Yeah. Well, our biases are definitely that we want to give that person money. So this woman, you know, liked everything about you and the work and the way you positioned it and whatever, and was looking for evidence for why to hire you. And so she did hire you, right? Mm -hmm. This takes a little twist with the deciding that it wasn't a good fit later. But I think what I want to highlight there is that the mistake a lot of us make as consultants is not putting out anything that confirms their bias for wanting to hire us. Like most people aren't looking for reasons not to hire you. They're looking for like validation that you are, that's right. That you've done the right, that they've done the right thing, that you're going to be fun or cool or clear or whatever it is that they need from you. Like they're just trying to confirm it. And so when we don't talk about ourselves or we don't talk about our process, we're giving them nothing to confirm that we're a good yeah. choice. Yeah. Good point. She might not like cat videos, you know, that's uh, dog videos. I mean, puppies, pictures of puppies. She might not. Yeah. 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 And in the end, that's fine. Like why yeah. find out later halfway down and, and our values decide how we approach projects. Yeah. Yeah. They do. 
yeah, we get to connect those dots. So sure. Yeah. Why not? So let's talk about something that you do offer that could help like people that are feeling that, that are feeling the pinch, like, is this the right thing? Is this not the right thing? Should I say this? Should I say this? You do mentoring. Oh yeah. Yeah. So talk to us about your marketing mentorship and what that looks like. Yeah. So thank you. It is an opportunity to have someone come alongside you who is strategic and is thinking from the point of view of CMO, right? Somebody that you don't have room in your brain to be all of the hats. And so let someone else step in once in a while and help you out. So we get that strategic foundation, but then we're moving through execution. So there's some accountability, there's ongoing mentoring in terms of here's how we think about it as a marketer. Here's how I would think about this as a brand builder. Here's something else you've told me that's important to you. How can we double down and get the most out of this experience? And so they're usually six, you know, six or 12 weeks, something like that, depending on sort of what the project is. But the idea is it it can really help someone get off the ground with something and do it in an intentional way that when to help them show up and put themselves out there into the market. Mm. So you're just, you're just there to hang out and, and help them along the road that yes, yeah, they might not know how to be, navigate. Right. If you're, if you're running up to, you know, one of the outputs can be a messaging guide. If you're running up to building a new website or refreshing your brand or refreshing your website, then maybe we need to really nail down that messaging because your audience has shifted or what you're offering is shifting. And so we need to be really clear about that. It's also possible that, you know, you are kind of in charge of, if you're in charge of marketing and a founder, you're probably also in charge of sales. So how do we tie your marketing and sales activities together and create a plan that does double duty to the degree that we can, you know, it's not about starting with like, well, how many Facebook tactics or Facebook ads are you Mm -hmm. paying for? Like most of my conversations don't talk about social media other than like, here's some great ideas for content. Let's make a content Mm. strategy and go right for the next two weeks. Let's get on a rhythm that feels good for you, depending on who your audience is and where they show up. So some of that accountability and guidance to make sure it actually gets done and then it Mm. feels good. Then you know how to do it and you feel great about it. And if you don't, they can just speed dial you in your back. Exactly. I'm right here. I had a call this morning like uh, with somebody who I did their messaging work with them. They're a five person team and it was, it's great and it's going well. But the question was, well, how do I shift my audience to start to understand this more clearly? And we came up with three steps to start testing it. Put, put this in your newsletter, put, say this at your round table and, you know, reach out to these 12 people and it's step, 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 but they all tie back to we're going to, what are we going to learn? We're going to learn what people think. We're going to learn what they're hearing and we're going to learn how the language that they use. So that was really sausage making. But the point is looking at the problem and then saying what's in your, within your resources to get it solved. Let's go out and do that. Hmm. I love that. Who doesn't love a good plan and who doesn't love having like CMO in their pocket? I mean, it's just a game changer for sure. When we think about marketing, we tend to get really overwhelmed, even just talking about brand versus, well, like, oh shit, like I just learned about marketing. Like, how am I going to know about my brand? Um, And so like, I want to help. It it almost doesn't matter what you call it in, in terms of it is clarity of communication. It is making sure that you're clear. So everything you say is pointing in the right direction. 
Yes. And see your business blossom once you are clear on your brand messaging. That's right. That's the the beautiful fruit, right? At the end is that people are like, you're known to be the best launch managers on the internet. You're like, we are. That's who we are and what we <laughs> That's do. That's it. Now Obvious. I didn't have to tell you, I used to be yeah. an OBM and I used to be a, an admin right. and I used to be a this and that. Nope. Yeah. This is who we are today and what we offer and how we help you kick all the butts. Precisely. That's absolutely true. I mean, I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> We're just going to have you walk around next to us. And yes. Can you hold come all to the my, fruit? Come to all my networking meetings with me. I can. I'm, I'm say, just listen to Erin. Do you know that one of my things that I, um, identity issues that I have or identity benefits is that I'm very conference savvy. Mm. Oh, I freaking love a good conference with a bunch of marketers running around trying to figure out how to be better at our jobs. And, and then I'm, yeah, ping, 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 ping. (laughs) Like I am talking to everybody, meeting all the people, making all the connections. That's me. Um, I'm just going to latch on to you. Okay. I'll go to conferences with you and learn. I have literally wondered if there was a market for this in the past. Like, can I just be an introvert's networking buddy? At yes, you know? because I am an introvert and mm-hmm. I need someone to just go do all the things for me. There are people that do that. Yes. Like well, they get hired to go network for business owners. Yeah. You're basically like a little salesperson. A concierge. A pocket salesperson. I really just only want to do it at conferences, though, so I can like go to San Francisco, go to Austin, go to somebody else's dime. Yeah. 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 I would do that, too. If I didn't have to talk about myself, I could do that. I could be like, Erin, she's this amazing brand strategist and she would do blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah. And then and then be like, oh, sign me up. I'm like, great. Where do you want to sign? Sign this contract right now. Isn't that so funny? Because everyone feels that way. Everyone feels that way. It's like if you could take that same script. And just talk about your business. Oh, imagine that. Right. I, I do think it's really hard when we're the business owners and especially when our names are on the marquee, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. it's just tough. It's a tough leap to make and be like, oh, I'm bragging. And but we're not as soon as you think about it as the business and we can shift to thinking about the business and our team yeah. or employees and our clients. It is what if you have to put the word we in you know, instead of I'm great at this, we are great at that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The thing I was thinking about before I got on this call, something that really helps anchor some of this like messaging work is what is the thing you want? You do want someone else to say about you when you're not in the room. Because you have to equip them with what the hell you do. Precisely. Because otherwise they're going to be like, oh yeah, Oh, she edits videos or something. I don't know. She's always doing something with videos. And it's like, no, nope, nope, not even a little. So not even close. And we all, this is like such a perfect story because we all have that friend who's introduced us to another friend who's like, oh, you do edit, you do videos or like Aaron does websites. And it's like, (laughs) and then the friend and you spend an hour because your other friend told, and you want to have, you know, it's relational. So we have to be honoring of all the relationships and that's good. But that was such a mismatch from the beginning. You're like, you don't even know me. You don't even know right. who I am or what Stop I Stop referring me. Stop refer- right. You are a terrible referral partner. <laughs> if that thought comes to mind, we have some brand work to do, people. Yes. Right. Yes. 
Yeah. Shut that faucet down and open up the right one, you know? And so, and then we can do that individually. We'll send an email to that poor friend and be like, you know, like next time, just like, you know, brand (laughs) or whatever. Replace website with this word, please. Right. Exactly. But you have to do that at scale. Right. Right. We just like really like drilled right down to like so many people's problems. Erin Brawford can solve your problem today. Today, jazz hands. Today, jazz hands. Let's make a jingle about it. I can solve your problems today. Solve your problems today. <laughs> and there's still a cat paw coming in under the door. For those who can't see us on video, Melissa has locked an animal out of her room, and its little furry paws are coming in from below. Let's talk about before we we'll bring it all together and. Tell us at your own pace about your brand jam. Like brand your jam, brand jam, da, 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 brand jam, brand That's jam. That's it. We just wrote, man, so many jingles. That's so good. <laughs> brand jam. <laughs> yeah. So brand jam is a round table, a virtual round table. I, I do for free once a month and every month I'm using it like a workshop style to sort of help people unlock some of this thinking and get more intentional play with words. Yesterday, we actually had one and we did some really fun writing exercises, like constrained writing in a short period of time. And people came up with like the coolest words because they couldn't go to their default, like strategic planning or whatever, you know, businessy business words we use. Mm. And so it just unlocks so much freedom in the mind to think, well, can I communicate this with more clarity? So every month we're doing some sort of different angle on brand foundation, understanding how to communicate your message, and then maybe occasionally like some higher level marketing type things. But it's a super fun group, mostly other consultants getting together and trying to sort it out. I love it. We're going to put the link in the show notes. Yes. And you'll probably you. see Melissa at the next one because she's already she's already made note of it as she made notes to tell us. Brand and she's Let's obviously singing the opening jam. song. I know you have to get there five minutes early so that you just keep that on a loop <laughs> so that every time people walk in, they're yep. hearing it too. Welcome to Brand Jam. All right. On that note, so where can people find you? I could talk yes. to you all day, but I, I mean, absolutely. Are you busy later? We'll I, keep talking. This is also why I love the men's ring component because there's no way I'm getting off a call in the 60 minutes. There's just no way. It's just <laughs> open long. ended, open ended. You're not supposed to tell people that, but it is. You yeah. didn't hear that here, folks. And it's a nope. secret inside scoop. I am a LinkedIn nerd. I love LinkedIn. It's where my professional people's are. Um, but I also do Instagram. So LinkedIn is Aaron slash Aaron Brawford, B-R-A-F-O-R-D. And then I am E-B underscore strategy on Instagram. And then my website is AaronBrawford.com. And we will also put those links in the show notes because with your Boston accent, it's going to be hard to spell. It's going to be hard to spell. It's bra <laughs> like the underwear and Ford like the car. Good times. Profit. Good times. Profit. Profit. Yeah. Get it right, people. It's <laughs> Thank you for joining us. This was fun. And I think people are going to learn a lot. I absolutely agree. I did. I think we probably are going to need to have you back. Yeah. 
Sorry to I would love that. And I would love to hear anything that comes up from your, your people. What questions did this raise? What made, what got more clear? What didn't get, you know, what got more confusing? Right. Those are all great <laughs> bits of feedback, you know, and how your friends report back on how your friends are actually pitching you to other people. Yes. You know, and does it line up with how you want them to pitch you to other people? Yeah, I think we should do a poll about this. Like, how could. are you pitching me? I think that's a great <laughs> you know? idea. And people will write off that their friends don't really need to know, but we know that that's not true. It, right. But if their friends don't do it well, it's easy to argue the referral partners don't either. Right. Even people you've worked with are going to take away what they got out of it. Yeah. But not necessarily yeah. the right message forward until we help equip them with that language. So exactly. yeah, mm-hmm. it's so a great true. Question. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll get that we'll get yep. that rolling too. We've got a lot to do. Everyone has a lot to do. do. Mm-hmm. Homework. Yeah, lot <laughs> to get do. Get homework folks. out of this, but we've yep. got homework. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it, and that's the show. And we'll be back next week. We'll bring Erin back next week too. No problem. No problem. will be back next week. She's yeah. now the third person of the podcast team. <laughs> yes. We've got jingles to write. It's important. What is it going to be? Mergebra. Mergeburford. Mergevio. We're just going to add letters. Mergeford. 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 We'll work on that. Work on our branding. We've got this. This is why you don't do naming in a room full of people. Exactly. Just this is a perfect like illustration. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Everybody All have right. a great week. We'll see yes. you next week. Enjoy your day, everybody. Oh, Go to mergioenterprises.com. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for coming. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye. Did you enjoy today's episode? If you did, help us grow with a follow, rate, and review. Check us out online at mergioenterprises.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Mergio Enterprises. See you next week and tell your friends.